ಅಲೆ ಶ್ರೀಮತೆ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ Sorry, got booted real quick. Namaste Saraswati Devim Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pastachadishatanine Namaste Saraswati Devim ಗೌರವಾಣಿ ಪ್ರಚಾರಿಣಿ ನಿರ್ವಿಶೇಷಿಣಿ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತ ಕದಾದ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಿ ಗೌರ ಭಕ್ತ ವೃಂದ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧ್ರೀವಾಸಿ ಗೌರ ಭಕ್ತ ವೃಂದ So it appears that um, Maharaj may be on. Hare Krishna Maharaj? Uh, yeah, unless I'm having an identity crisis, I think it is me. That, I'll turn it over to you. Hey, Abhishek, can I see you? I don't see you. You don't see me because I purposely left off my camera. I'm not seeing you. No, you're not your camera. You're a handsome young man. You can see how disheveled I look. And where's... Uh, where's... where's Sarvani? Your... Uh, yeah. Manju, I, I don't know. Manju, Manju may be there as well. Well, there's She's, Manju. I'm, there's I'm here. I'm here, but I'm in hey, the turn library. Turn your video on. Maraj, I'm in the library, so I can't. Just tell, let's just ask everyone to leave. Tell them who I am. <laughs> I would otherwise, but since I'm in the library. <laughs> okay. So, mean avatar. We have a bona fide incarnation here. Hare Krishna. I think she's having a hard time unmuting herself. Oh, that's okay. So now we are going to... Where's Shivani? Right Hello, here. Doctor. Hey, Shivani. Hare Krishna Maharaj. So um, we're going to do the second Sheikh Shastaka. Is that correct? Yes, Maharaj. Okay. So we'll begin. First, I will read the, what's the, what's the last one we did? Did we do number two or just number one? Just number one, Maharaj. Okay. So because I'm a bona fide guru, I know that the next one is two. <laughs> That's why you need a guru. <laughs> yes, Maharaj. <laughs> okay. So number two, very, nam nam akari bahudam. Nita Sarva Shaktis 
Prabhupada's translation, Oh my Lord, your holy name alone can render all benediction upon the living beings, and therefore you have hundreds and millions of names like Krishna, Govinda, etc. In these transcendental names, you have invested all your transcendental energies. And there's no hard and fast rule for chanting these holy names. Oh, my Lord, you have so kindly made approach to you easy by your holy names, but unfortunate as I am, I have no attraction for them. So let's look closely at the Sanskrit, which is fascinating because uh, we should keep in mind that these are Sanskrit verses composed by God. So you would expect them to be uh, good compositions, right? And actually, if we look at the Sanskrit, they are, they're, they're actually brilliant. I'm going to turn another light on and see the better for you to see me, my dear. Let's see. That helps. Uh, of course, you may not want to see me so well <laughs> at my advanced age. So, um, so Lord Chaitanya himself, Krishna himself, composed these verses. So we would expect them to be the most brilliant poetry, and actually they are. They're very brilliantly composed. So let's look at the Sanskrit. Um, that is kind of amazing, isn't it? That Krishna himself composed these verses. So, nam nam akari sarva shaktis. The first word in Sanskrit, which you uh, need to know a little bit about, is the word akari, which is a somewhat poetic uh, form of the passive verb. So, what Lord Chaitanya is saying here, akari, of course, is from the verb to do or to make, which uh, the Sanskrit is kur. We have still have words in English from that Sanskrit root, words like create and uh, increase and so on. The cree, the create, that's the Sanskrit verb. So Lord Chaitanya says, nam nam, of the names, of the names, nija sarva shaktis, uh, all of your personal power. Nija means personal, one's own. So nija sarva shaktis, your, all of your own shakti, all of your own power, akari, which is very interesting, means that was made or was, in this case, the idea of invested, uh, nam nam of the names, of the names. So the idea is that all of Krishna's personal power, bahuda, the word bahuda means in many ways, Bahu, you still have the word Bahu in Hindi and everything, Bahu. So um, Bahu Da in many ways. And so Prabhupada translates that million, hundreds and millions of names like Krishna Govinda, etc. The actual Sanskrit is just Bahu Da, which means in many ways. So all of your personal power in many ways was invested in your names. And Tatra, Arpita, and, and that power, arpita, being invested or being established, tatra there, tatra means in the names, tatra therein, in those names, arpita, 
that shakti needs to serve all of your own power being uh, placed, being placed there in your names. Nakala. Uh, so in the remembering, smarane, in the remembering nam nam of those names, in the remembering, and of course, remembering can includes chanting and, and, and hearing and so on. So in the remembering of those names, the kala, the time, na, na kala niyamita, the time is not restricted. Uh, the time is not, like for example, you know, you know the old saying, Janmashtami comes but once a year. So, you know, I mean, you can say, well, I'm going to celebrate Janmashtami every day. Well, that's nice, but actually Janmashtami comes once a year. Or, for example, Ekadasi comes twice a month. I mean, everyone's favorite day, right? Ekadasi? Not. Anyway, so, so Ekadasi comes twice in a lunar, lunar month. Janmashtami once a year. Even, for example, Mangal Arti, you can't say, well, I like Mangal Arti so much, I'm just going to do it all day. Well, then it's not Mangal Arti. And so if you think about it, there's all these rules we observe, all these different events that we celebrate that, that come at a specific time. We chant Gayatri three times a day. You can say, well, it's so powerful, I'm going to chant it 300 times a day, but that's not Gayatri. And so therefore, what Lord Chaitanya is saying here, that smarane, in the remembering of those names, the kala, the time to do it, naniyamitaha, it's not restricted. It's not, so just like in yoga, the first two stages of yoga are yama, niyama. So niyama means a rule, something you have to follow. So it's not niyamita. It's not governed by a time rule. That's literally what it's saying. It's not governed. It's not restricted by some rule of time, and that, which means you can chant it always. Because, for example, I mean, there are Vedic sacrifice, Agnihotra. You do it at a certain time of the day. So if you go back to the earliest Vedas, whether it's the Vedic sacrifices or mantras, you know, you do everything at the right time or the right day of the year or the right time of the month. But for chanting Krishna's names, it's just wide open. You can chant constantly, no restriction. So that's what it's actually saying. Prabhupada translates that Nandiyami took as there are no hard and fast rules for chanting. What it literally says is that the time for remembering the names by chanting and hearing them, the time is not restricted. It's not regulated. And then the next two lines, the next two lines are very beautiful because to understand how Lord Chaitanya has constructed the last two lines, you have to compare two words. The first word is etadrashi, and the second word is idrasham. And actually, Lord Chaitanya builds his this statement because the first two lines are actually the first line is um, is a sentence in Sanskrit. The second line is a sentence, and then third and fourth. So. This word etadrashi, I'll explain that word. And idrashi, idrasham, it's just another form really of the same word. So drish, drish in Sanskrit means it's the verbal root to see. Like from the verb drish, you get darshanam, seeing. 
or drishti and all, all those words. So uh, eta is, uh, it's a form of the uh, sort of a pronoun this. So, so eta drishti means literally like of this look, in other words, something which appears in a certain way. It has a certain look, just like we say in English. And so, or it looks like something. So, so etadrashi, which uh, I think probably has you translated here. Um, let's see. Let me just turning the ringer off on my phone. Um, so you have made approach to you easy. Probably doesn't really translate literally, but so tavakripa, your mercy. So the word etadrashi is is modifying your mercy, the feminine noun kripa, mercy. So it's like such is your mercy. Such is your mercy. In other words, of such a a picture or of such a uh, a look, or in other words, of such a quality is your mercy, Bhagavan. Now this word Bhagavan, you also have to understand Sanskrit is not the word Bhagavan with a long A. So this Bhagavan, like fun, 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 uh, Bhagavan, I mean, think of English words fun and fawn, like a fawn is a little deer. And so you couldn't sing that Beach Boys song, you know, we'll have fawn, 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 and she'll have fawn, fawn. So it's the words fawn and fun are different words. Just like, for example, you could say gone with the wind, but you can't shoot a gone, you shoot a gun. So that's the short and long A in Sanskrit, gun and gone, fun and fun. So here you have Bhagavan, which means that it's a direct address to the Lord. As Prabhupada says, oh, my Lord. So the word Bhagavan means the Lord. Bhagavan means, oh, my Lord. So here Lord Chaitanya is directly addressing uh, the Lord, and he says, Etadrashi Tavakripa, such is your mercy. In other words, in, in your mercy, in other words, it manifests in such a way that verb drish to see. You know, in such a way does your mercy manifest. And then he's, oh Lord, and then Mamapi, even on me, even on me. You have such mercy, even on me, oh Lord. Mama api, api means even, even on me. However, and that's where you get the word durdaivam idrasham. So the word idrasham, he's Lord, Lord Chaitanya saying, such is your mercy, and yet such is my misfortune. So he's using different forms of the same adjective to describe such is your mercy, such is my misfortune. So durdaivam, the word daiva, Obviously, it comes from the word deva, which means God. So daiva is something like providence, like the will of God, as we would say, well, that's, you know, the will of God. Uh, so what do they say? Like sometimes in insurance contracts, they say you're covered except for an act of God. If there's an act of God, then we're not liable. So, so, so that idea, something which comes by an act of God, that's the sense of daiva from the word deva, God. And dur, of course, means bad. So such is my misfortune or such is my, um, 
so bad is the providence which is coming to me by the way I have dealt with God, by the way I have neglected the, the will of God. So dur daivam, therefore, uh, what I have is dur daiva, bad, a bad destiny. Literally, it's like, it's like so bad is my, the destiny that I've earned for myself. So idrasham, again, e and eta are just different forms in Sanskrit of saying like this or that. So such is my misfortune, my bad destiny, my dur daivam, uh, iha, in this life, in this life, uh, such is my bad destiny or my misfortune in this life that ajani nanuraga. Now again, the, the verse is a, it's a masterpiece of poetic comp of, of composition because the word, it's actually iha ajani. If you look at that iha ajani, it's actually, there are two words there, iha and ajani. And if you know something about Sanskrit, you would know that uh, the word ajani is referring back to, because it's the same kind of verb as akari. Because the word akari and the word ajani, because jan obviously from the verb uh, uh, to arise, to take birth, like janma, jan. So ajani is another passive verb that your that all of your that all the Lord's personal power was placed, was made in the names, and yet uh, such misfortune. Such a bad destiny, such a misfortune was born, Iha, in this life of mine, that um, actually that Ajani Nanuraga, actually Ajani refers to Anuraga. Anuraga means, of course, attachment, attachment uh, to something, Raga. And then Anuraga, Anu means like continuously, like steady, steady attachment. So steady attachment, ajani, did not arise, was not, did not take place um, despite this mercy of yours. Such is your mercy, O Lord, even on me. So, so Krishna, he's saying, you gave me extraordinary mercy, and yet such was my misfortune that iha, in this life, anuraga, Na ajani, the word na, the word, the word na, not goes with, of course, with ajani. That uh, this anuraga, this steady attachment did not arise for me. It did not happen for me, even though your mercy is so great. So that's basically what this verse is saying. It's, it's a very beautiful composition. So any questions on Shikshastakam 2? I have a couple of questions, Maharaj, but what is this connection with this first first verse? How we connect this to first verse? Eto Darpanam Arjunam? Yeah. Well, because the first verse is saying is just glorifying Sri Krishna Sankirtanam. Mm -hmm. Is saying that, you know, Sri Krishna Sankirtanam, Eto Darpanam Arjunam cleanses the mirror of the mind. Remember all those Anam words. And so the first verse is just glorifying the power of Krishna's names. And the second verse is saying, 
First of all, the second verse is explaining the first two lines of the second shikshas are explaining why Sri Krishna Sankirtan is so powerful. You know, why does it cleanse the mirror of the mind? You know, why does it stop repeated birth and death? Why does it do all these things? Because the names have all of Krishna's personal power. So the first two lines explain the first verse. And then the second two lines say, but I'm so misfortunate. You've given this fantastic offer. You've made this amazing arrangement. And yet, I'm, you know, uh, it, that uh, my daivam idrasham, such is my misfortune that you, you, you've offered us everything. All of your personal power is in your name, and yet I could not become attached to those names. That is why the second line, that's why he did not make rules and regulations. Yeah, because it's so merciful. It's not like, okay, I put all my power, my holy names, and you can chant it every year on your birthday. Or you can chant it, you know, every second Thursday or something. Or you can chant it only at, you know, six o'clock in the evening. There's no restriction. The kala, the time for accessing all of Krishna's personal power is non-niyamitak. It's not restricted. It's not, it's not regulated. There's no, you can just do it. Anytime, all the time. So, Maharaj, uh, our misfortune is that uh, we are not chanting properly. We're making offenses. Is that why we're not progressing? That's a probable cause. Because the way I explain it is, yeah, because Krishna, especially Japa, Japa is so powerful because Kirtan, of course, is very important. You know, Yuga Dharma, Sankirtanam. But when you do Kirtan, there's certain enjoyments, even if you're not in the highest state of consciousness. You're not having a great day spiritually. But to gather with your friends, sing, dance, musical instruments, you know, kind of fun. But when you do Japa, there's no material payoff. I mean, I can't figure out what the material pleasure is and just sitting there and just chanting japa which makes japa so interesting because it's like it's like this pure spiritual activity you can't it's it's your personal quality time with krishna you know there's no music there's no instruments you don't have a bunch of friends running around with you it's just you and krishna it's just you and krishna and so and that's why in my view, when Prabhupada gave initiation, of course, he asked us not to do four barbaric things. But also, the one positive thing that Krishna, the one positive thing that Prabhupada required for initiation was to chant Japa. Now, we know that Prabhupada wanted his disciples to read his books, to do kirtan, all kinds of things, service. But for initiation, he just said Japa. Because ultimately, as they say, where the you know where the rubber meets the road, 
it's the one thing you can't really fake. I mean, you don't have to be a great devotee to really like prasadam, right? I mean, if there's a feast, it's not, well, unless you're really advanced in spiritual life, you probably won't want to eat this feast. It's not like that, <laughs> as we know. Even the most fallen can uh, really dive into a good plate of prasadam. But, um, but japa, it's, it's just you and Krishna. It's just you and Krishna. So in that sense, I think japa is a really good barometer of what our attitude is toward Krishna. And of course, there's also kirtan. Kirtan is obviously also powerful, Krishna's names. So any question on the second shikshastakam? Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. My question is, even mechanical chanting is between you and Krishna Maharaj? Well, something is better than nothing. Thank you, Maharaj. Because, I mean, at least you get credit for following the instructions of the great souls, Prabhupada and other teachers. So, but... If, if you're chanting mechanically, because that's just the best you can do, like you're chant, you're trying to chant with feeling, but somehow you're just, you can't quite do it, then it's beneficial. If one is chanting mechanically because you just don't take Krishna that seriously, you're not really trying, you're just, you know, it's like you just sort of mumble it out for some reason or other, then of course there's not, there's much less benefit. Thank you, Maharaj. Any other question? Hare Krishna, Dandavat Maharaj. So, also for Japa, what you're talking about, the time thing, so it does not apply. Japa could be any time and all the time and those kind of things. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. It's Naniyamita. It's right there in the right there in the verse. Niyami Daksmarane Nakala. Time is not restricted in remembering the names. So, but it is better in, in the morning, right? Is, that's well, what no, that's kind of like an ISKCON folk legend. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have practical experience that it's better in the morning. It just depends on the person. It's not a rule. A lot of people find that they're sort of fresh in the morning. You know, all their day's work hasn't yet clobbered their mind. And so a lot of people find, but it's just, the point is to chant. So if you take a vow to chant Japa every day and you do it, and then you just find what works for you. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Hare Krishna Maharaj, yes. what is the result of chanting Japa in ignorance? Oh, what would that More of like? ignorance. <laughs> oh, I suppose chanting Japa to express your hatred toward Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> or some people also, they, they chant mantras like Hare Krishna while they're engaged in sinful activities. That would also be motivating us. So 
what's the result of that? Well, one devotee actually lost his head over it. You know, there was uh, that very, very tragic case of the former Iskand guru. Who... So the result is, well, if one is fortunate, Krishna will punish, if, if Krishna will punish that person, then eventually bring them to inoffensive chanting. But obviously, someone who chants the mode of ignorance has a serious misunderstanding. But still, hopefully, Krishna will save that person. So, Maharaj, if he's chanting in the mode of ignorance, but he said that for him, the Tattar, Pita, Nimita, Smane, Nakala doesn't apply to him. No, because Krishna doesn't say that the quality doesn't matter. He says the time doesn't matter. Okay. Prabhupada translates no hard and fast rules. I mean, there are rules, actually. I mean, in the sense that um, one should avoid the 10 offenses. So there are, Prabhupada say no hard and fast rules. He's referring to, you know, what's literally in the Sanskrit, but but there are rules, not of time and place, but there are rules of manner, quality of chanting. So there are 10 offenses against the Holy Name that one should avoid. That's a rule. To say one should avoid these 10 offenses is a rule. So Lord Chaitanya specifically says the time is not regulated or the time is not restricted. Time is not, but consciousness is. Uh, there are rules. One should avoid the ten offenses. That, that's a rule. Yeah. And of course, you know, we may not be able to follow that rule perfectly, but we follow it the best we can. There could be any misuse of this. Um, this. Uh, well, if one, if one, as Prabhupada said, nam no balad jesi papavudhi, that's one of the offenses, which means nam no balad on the strength of the names, uh, of the name, it's actually singular, nam no balad on the strength of the name, jesya he, one who actually has papavudhi, mm -hmm. sinful mentality. Nam no balad on the strength, thinking that. The name is so powerful, I can commit sinful activities and, and the name will purify me. Is one can chant even without taking bath? Yeah. That's not one of the offenses to chant japa without bathing. That's, that's not on the list. Thank you. I mean, obviously, when we take a bath, it's kind of, you know, it helps your consciousness. So it's just practical. But yeah, there's no rule that if you haven't taken bath, you can't chant Hare Krishna. That's that's not one of the offenses. So, you know, there's that, that philosophical rule. One should not unnecessarily multiply rules. Some people never, never met a rule they didn't like. You know, some people just like rules. The more rules, the better. 
It just, um, it's just a sort of a particular kind of human consciousness that some people have. They just like rules. They like a lot of rules. Uh, personally, I mean, I just want the basic rules, the important rules, but, you know, some people are just by nature very ritualistic. They somehow figure out a way to ritualize everything from sneezing. I mean, literally, like when you sneeze, I think you're supposed to snap your fingers and I don't know, when you do like a Vedic cartwheel or something. So, um, I don't know, so the hobgoblins won't chase you or... I mean, it's, it's actually kind of, you don't know whether to laugh or to cry when you hear about these things. There's another rule, one of my favorites, is that when you chant Gayatri, you have to cover your hand. Anita, you've seen that, haven't you? You've been yes, I've seen it, but I never asked the question, why do you do that? But, but I've well, seen the reason. The reason is, which I think is kind of comical, is that um, apparently in the universe, there are malevolent beings. Malevolent literally means who wish us ill. There are these sort of, I don't know, hobgoblin creatures. And well, first of all, the idea is when you chant Gayatri, you're not just getting benefited by chanting Krishna's name, you're acquiring some punya, which goes into your punya bank account. And there are bank thieves or bank robbers, these sort of these beings that fly around the universe. And so when they see you chanting Gayatri, they, they sort of dive bomb right at you. And it's very interesting because these people, they have, obviously they have great powers of sight because they can see you, you know, maybe from the other side of Buloka or something. They can see you chanting Gayatri. And interestingly, they can penetrate right hands, but not left hands. Maybe they're just sort of like Suchi fanatics or something, but <clears throat> so if, if they can penetrate right hands, but not left hands, and also they bounce off cloth, which is good to know. Somehow there's some magical property of cotton or silk that these uh, evil spirits just bounce right off it, probably bounce back to whatever, you know, shady planet they come from. And so, so what they do is if they penetrate your right hand, but of course not your left hand, they um, then they somehow, there's apparently some kind of subtle highway that goes from your right hand to your subtle body or to wherever wherever your uh, punya warehouse is. And so they go in there and they just kind of steal all your punya and then they exit. And we don't really know yet where the, what the exit point is. And so even though you chanted Gayatri, you actually, you know, it's like you withdraw money from the bank and put it in your wallet, and as you're walking down the street, unknown to you, someone steals your wallet. So it's a it's an amazing theory, obviously not found anywhere in our literature. And Prabhupada brazenly chanted his Gayatri without covering his right hand. And so, um, I mean, there's all these legends and all this. It's kind of like, it's what I call the... Uh, it's the Harry Potter version of Bhakti Yoga. So, um, yeah, I think some of these people have seen too many Harry Potter movies. But that's just, uh, yeah, that's one of the rules. Another one, another one of my favorites, I kind of collect these things, 
Another one of my favorites is that you can't go on the altar with sewn clothing, stitched clothing, because everyone knows that thread is polluted, even though cloth is made out of thread. Somehow, if you have thread, but not enough thread to make a cloth, that when thread kind of goes it alone, it takes on all these evil qualities or polluted qualities, which I'm still waiting for an explanation of exactly where the dirtiness is in thread. It's very important because you have all these rules like, you know, you don't wear socks on the altar. So your feet have been walking over all kinds of places unless you, let's say, let's say you take your socks off and then leap onto the altar so that your feet uh, didn't actually touch anything on, on the way up the steps of the altar or on the way from the kitchen to the altar. And so if the pujari is actually carrying the offering tray, then I suppose uh, the pujari has to be like extraordinarily athletic. So you can actually jump from the kitchen area onto the altar holding a, a tray with all these preparations. But anyway, so <laughs> whereas if you have a... If you actually have a clean pair of socks and just put them on just as you enter the altar, they're actually much cleaner than your bare feet with all of its, uh, anyway, won't get into all the uh, beautiful aspects of bare feet. So there's all these things and all these superstitions and um, I mean, you have to love it. It's, it it's, they're very entertaining. So, and then of course, you know, if you sneeze, you obviously have to snap your fingers. I mean, the reason I've been a little under the weather is because I was around a disciple that sneezed and did not snap their fingers. And some of the, um, some of the voodoo apparently uh, attacked me. So anyway, Hare Krishna, as you can see, I'm being just slightly facetious here. Well, we, are we, are, we are discussing second verse of the Nectar of Instruction and that was Nehemagraha. That is coming up on... Yes. So. Yes, Nehema. So as we know, the, the prefix ah in Sanskrit means, it, it, among other things, it can mean an intensifier. It intensifies the meaning. So agraha means really grabbing something. And the word grab, of course, is related to the Sanskrit graha. And so, uh, grasp, and then uh, agraha means not taking. So Prabhupada introduced a beautiful, simple bhakti yoga process, which is basically, you know, avoid the four barbarian activities and uh, dedicate your life to Krishna. And as Krishna says, offer your food to him. Maharaj, I have one more question. When this Mahamant given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and when you just read that he has invested all his powers and there's no rule, it could be chanted anytime, yes, anywhere. So the my thought process: Why then we have to have Gayatri? Why, if, if one is not that's enough, like, that's like that's like that's just a bhakti booster. You know, it's like you get your vaccinations if you're sane, and then you get and, and then you get a booster. So, 
So, so if the, it's a bhakti booster. So if if the Mahamantra is so powerful, that is what is emphasized. Then why, why do we need booster for? Well, because guess what? Who can, which what well, can be what? better? Well, because booster. Because so because because the Gayatri is also Harinam. The last time I looked. It's just like you could say, I mean, I mean, when, when Lord Chaitanya says Nam Nam, he doesn't say only the Maha Mantra. Of course, Maha Mantras are primary mantra. I mean, we do bhajans, we do kirtans. There's so many Vaishnav songs. That's all Harinam. So Gayatri is just another form of Harinam. It's not a different process, it's the same process. So much uh, people from other traditions, they're singing their version of God's name, but it's not Harinam necessarily. So well, yeah, actually it is. If if they are monotheists, if they mean the Supreme God, then yes, they get points. So Maja, even that for that to go back to God is not true that they can do only first initiation, the Harinam initiation, they can make it back to home, back to God without second initiation. Well, the main, first of all, Krishna himself is the gatekeeper. So basically, anyone that Krishna wants to come goes there. And as we know, there is Sadhan Siddha, one who's perfected by Sadhan, but there's Kripa Siddha. If someone just due to being in some unusual, I don't know, psychological, psycho or physical, psychological or physical state, they just somehow, like I got a letter the other day from a devotee who's a Guru Kuli and said that um, some, for some reason, which I chose not to inquire further about, for some reason, this person just really couldn't chant the Maha Mantra, but, but this person chants Krishna all day and night. And, and when he chants Krishna, he thinks of Radha and Krishna. And I said, well, so be it. You know, that's, that's, that's what this person can do. So that may be someone who's a candidate for Kripa Siddha, that by, by Krishna's mercy. So there are general rules, but then, you know, there are special cases. So generally, one should accept a guru because why not? Now, if there's a good reason why not, let's say, for example, you're living at a particular time in history, and there have been times in history like this, where the place where you live, there just aren't advanced devotees. And you don't want to take, you know, you don't want to buy brand X, as they used to say in commercials. So, I mean, we take it for granted. We have this wonderful fortune created by Prabhupada that there are just, there are many, many bona fide gurus. So that's, so, you know, we have a, uh, a very good situation. If we study the history of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, there have been times and places where there just weren't any bona fide gurus around, or, or someone may live in a particular part of the world where no bona fide gurus ever come. And let's say the person doesn't have internet access. Sounds like North Korea, doesn't it? So, um, so the general, in other words, Yes, you do have to accept a guru unless you have a good reason not to. Like, let's say, for example, let's say someone has, has had traumatic experiences in their life. 
This is your ballpark, Nitai. Trauma. So let's say, for example, a person has had a lot of traumatic experiences and they have, you know, major PTSD and they just can't really, they have trust issues. And let's say, because as we know, your nervous system is a physical organ. And so to speak, someone can have good intentions, but their nervous system is just, you know, it's damaged or it's been, something has happened. And so this person, whenever they try to like fully surrender to guru, it just, it triggers too many things and they just, they're overwhelmed and they just can't do it. So I'd say in that case, if the person's not envious and is and says, I wish I could surrender to a guru, I would like to surrender to a guru, but it's like asking someone with a broken leg to high jump or something, you know, it's just, there are things you just can't do because they're just, they're physically impossible. And among physical factors are the nervous system. And so, in other words, if someone's heart is in the right place, they mean well, but either due to psychological problems or geographic isolation or, you know, whatever reasons, or for example, there are some parts of the world where I think they're a little, um, what would the word be? Are we allowed to say anal? I think, I think there are certain parts of the world where they have these very bureaucratic regimes and ISKCON administration, and you could win the lottery easier than you can get initiated. Or, or let's say in certain countries, to get initiated, you have to surrender to some leader, even if that's not your guru, and you think on actually rational grounds that that leader is not a good leader. I mean, there are places in the world where someone has more power than they do common sense in Krishna consciousness. And maybe that person doesn't like you. Maybe that person has friends and enemies because of their own problems. And therefore, that person doesn't want to recommend you. Even though in many other countries, you would be recommended. So that's why I like to... Uh, leverage my statements on this. I think that um, the general rule is yes, you have to accept a guru. I would say unless you are not accepting a guru for a good reason. And even then, let's say one somehow or other cannot accept a guru, but um, one should not, Prabhupada, in fact, in Prabhupada's words, he says, one should not resent the principle. If someone says, I don't accept a guru because I don't think people should accept gurus. No, then uh, you get a red card. Or if someone says that, um, you know, there aren't any really bona fide gurus in this con. That's pretty stupid. Actually, there are many dozens of bona fide gurus in this con. So if someone doesn't accept a guru for the wrong reason, yeah, then, then you have to pay the price. So, to, hey, Nitai, I, I made uh, certain statements on psychology. I hope I didn't get myself in trouble. I hope I didn't, I hope, I hope you didn't fact check me. And, and now you're going to have to tell when I'm gone. Yeah, actually, you know, he said this, but that's not really. 
Thank you, Maharaj. So it was. So next time we will do the third words. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nita Gorasundar, Meenavatar. Maharaj, can you lead us in Narsingha prayer? I would be happy to. That of course is extra. It's not included in your in your, <laughs> yes, yes, in your base price. It's an ad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, maybe we'll do a melody that, uh, no, do the regular melody. There's a beautiful melody that Vishnu Jana wrote, actually. That one. Okay, ready? Follow the bouncing chakra. Namaste Narasingaya. You can turn all turn your microphones on because we don't want to miss anyone that's out of out of key. So Namaste Narasingaya. Namaste Narasingaya. Namaste Narasingaya. Hiranya Kashi Poor Vaksha Hiranya Kashi Poor Vaksha Silatan Kalaye Silatan Kalaye Silatan Avakada Kamalavare Nakam Adhuta Singam Dalita Hiranyakasiputan Bringam Keshavadritta Narari Rupa Jaya Jagadisha Hare Jaya Jagadisha Hare Jaya Jagadisha Hare Okay, remember next week we go on Iskon's Got Talent. Maharaj, so. <laughs> I had it muted uh, all this time. I was not, uh, nobody could hear me. Oh. Should have, no. No that one could have been more traumatic than what it was just now. Oh, I mean, I, would, I think we covered, yeah, because of the seven different keys you can sing in. I think we had all seven. We had seven. The <laughs> we just needed you, then we would we'd have had like all the keys. I wasn't there, Maharaj. <laughs> we are all covered. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nitai, thank you. Nitai, go to Cinder. Thank you very, very much. <laughs>
Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you very much. Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. Nice to see everyone. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Panchakalpa. Panchakalpa. Panchakalpa.